0: Today we share tips for investing for retirement. We offer strategies to help prevent you from running out of money in retirement. And we also walk you through some easily understood retirement planning scenarios. Stay with us. We are Jam Packed.
2: We're going to hear from the Oracle of Omaha to kick off the podcast, Podcast 110 from Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade, founder and managing director of the firm of the same name, a fiduciary firm. Fred holding a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University, and he shares his experience, his knowledge on this uh, podcast every week. And actually, Fred, we're going to share some knowledge and wisdom from the Oracle of Omaha today. Uh, Wisdom from Warren. So we got a lot of brain power here, Fred, and I'm also in on it too, so this ought to be good okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you know you can't go wrong with with quoting um Warren, can you
0: no you can't you no, you can't. I mean Buffett's really interesting because uh, on some days his office door is closed, works out of his house, and uh, he's just reading and studying and and learning and thinking hmm. He's not taking any calls, not seeing anybody, not doing anything. Huh. Just I, his his knowledge is is just prodigious, um, and, and, it, and it's part of the part of his design. He's so
2: um, humble, modest. Uh, he is not, that way in public. He's not. No idea. You can tell him by his house, though. Privately, I'm thinking about his house, the car he drives, the his office. It's not flashy.
0: No, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's a corner house uh, in the older uh, part of Omaha. It's it's um, it's being gentrified uh, now, but you know it depends on what block you're you're on. It's in that West Dodge uh, area, and um, it's a corner house with a very high uh, black picket fence, one of those old fashioned high, you know, fences, pointed. And uh, circular driveway. I mean, if, if that house was here in New Jersey, it'd be about a million and a half. Mm. But in Omaha, it's probably <laughs> three hundred fifty thousand.
2: Wow, that's amazing. And, that is you
0: know, <laughs> it, it. Really, it really uh, is very nice house. But I mean, it's not. Uh, you know, it's not in the Tony. Yeah. Uh,
2: it's not a mansion either. No, yeah. it's
0: not. Not at all. Well, now, on the other hand, on the other hand. Uh, Buffett had a long-time relationship who lived in San Francisco. He had a ten million dollar house okay. uh, on a golf course that uh, you know that the PGA plays in and holds tournaments on, uh, including their, their major tournaments. So, if you photographed the house, Buffett wouldn't talk to you. Huh? Now, his his paramour is deceased, and he's and he, I believe he sold the house. Uh, I don't know. I don't recall what he sold it for. Hmm. It was listed for about $12 million. I think he probably got that uh, because, it, you know, because he owned it because of yeah. the name, the Buffett house. Uh, anyway, but he now lives uh, in Omaha, as far as I know. Uh don't yeah. really he has anything else going on. But he
2: might, uh, yeah, You never this know. Is my, this is none of my business. No, well, that's, yeah. But, you know, you mentioned a $10 million house. What's $10 million to Warren Buffett? Is that, would that be like uh, about $20 yeah. to me?
0: yeah I'm sorry because <laughs> because yeah it's it's yeah. meaningless here I mean, here's a guy that could could own a twenty six million dollar home you know with the, he could own not even blink. Mm-hmm. yeah he, he, that's not that's not what is important no. uh to you know to him you know it, you know the the easiest thing to say is if you want to invest like Warren Buffett, buy Berkshire Hathaway stock. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have
2: to do anything else. That's a good point. But actually, we've got some words of wisdom from Warren. Let's start with his overall mindset on investing. You've got to be prepared when you buy a stock to have it go down 50% or more and be comfortable with it as long as you're comfortable with the holding it.
0: If If you're going to look at the price of the stock and think that you have to act because it's doing this or that, or somebody else tells you, I mean, you know, how can you stay with that when something else is going up or anything, really, you've got to be in the right psychological position. And
2: frankly, some people are not really careful. Some people are more subject to fear than, than others. I want to unpack there. What are your thoughts on that, Fred?
0: Well, yeah, there, there is a lot. Well, w- one of the most important things that uh, Warren Buffett has said on investing, is that if you aren't willing to own a stock for 10 years, don't even think of owning it for 10 minutes. Mm. And when he picks a, a stock, he does, he's not looking at the price this week, this month, this year, because he, he's looking at the stock because he wants to own that business on a long-term basis. And he buys and sells stocks frequently. Right now, he's got over $8 billion in cash. Huh. I mean B, with a B. I mean, wow. they, in and, cash. yeah, be, yeah. Well, they, they they've been he's been selling equities uh, because of his judgment as to where the market uh, may be going. So he has lots of reasons for doing things, but uh, but his mindset is he wants to own these uh, forever. And uh, if if you can't think the way Buffett does, in other words, you don't have a forever. Uh, mindset, uh, mindset. Then, what Warren Buffett has said is, "Hey, if if uh, you if you want to do a set it and forget it, if that's your modus operandi buy an S and P ETF or an S and P index fund." And he said that's the easiest thing uh, to do mm-hmm. because, um, while well, forget about um, you know getting fancy and 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 hedging and that sort of stuff. I mean, but the basics. Of investing is you want to buy low, sell high, and uh, get the most you can, uh, at, you know, out of uh, every position that you that you invest in. But human nature, being what it is, we may very well do the opposite. We see what our friends are doing, and we say, "Hey, we should be doing the same thing." So uh, when the market crashes, well, then you know we we want to get out. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, b- before uh, we lose uh, even more money. and um, a- and human nature being what it is, um, we want to go we want to go to cash, we we buy high, sell low, we, we do things that we that we shouldn't do. and and that's all inherent in what Buffett was uh, saying. Yeah. That's my understanding.
2: Yeah, definitely. This one uh, is just right to the point. It basically is what investing is all about. The only reason for making investment and laying out money now is to get more money later on, right? That's That's what investing is all about. No, I, yeah. yeah, he's right. <laughs> right. I mean, you,
0: you, the only reason the only reason you are going to invest is to make money. Nobody invests uh, to lose money. I mean, if you if you go to the gambling casino, are, are you going there to, to to win? Are you going there to lose? Now you may lose. Yeah. The Same thing is true in the equity markets. Uh, you you may very well lose, but if you have a very short term uh, approach, uh, then you know, then you really should be in treasury bills. Uh, you know, because that's, that would be short-term treasury bills would be the place to be right now. I mean, because that, there's no uh, one-year treasury, there's, there's zero risk. Uh, well, just about zero. Right? I mean, there's, there's always a tad uh, of risk. But, but, but you know, uh, for, uh, that's about as risk-free as you're going to get in this life.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and what's best for you—that's one thing, Fred will will determine. And especially, I know we're talking more broadly here with uh, quotes from Warren Buffett, but Fred uh, focuses laser focuses on retirement strategies, and he can for you if you want to set up a consultation. Eight hundred five nine three eighty one eighty eight. That's how you reach out, to Fred. Eight hundred five nine three eighty one eighty eight. I guess maybe this is the most quoted. Warren Buffett quote and comments. The first rule on investment is don't lose. And the second rule on investment is don't forget the first rule. And that's all the rules there are. I mean, that uh, if you buy things for far below what they're worth and you buy a group of them, you basically don't lose money. You know, you know interesting. When people quote him, they stop at that. And second is don't forget rule number one. And they don't go sure. to the more interesting part of what he said about how you can avoid losing money.
0: Yeah, that's true. As a matter of fact, uh, in, in, the, uh, in my main presentation, when I'm doing a seminar, uh, when I talk about the two stages of money, <clears throat> I quote Warren Buffett uh, exactly the, the Buffett rule. But um, yeah, yeah, when you, you you're absolutely right. When when you push this a bit, Buffett talks about, and you, if you listen to him, you'll hear him talk about a margin of safety um and when he's talking about about that he he wants to um if you listen to him he's he's telling you about how you would go about implementing rule number 1 and and rule number 2 because he's looking for what he calls uh, intrinsic value. And, tr- and in basic terms, that means, let- let's say you, you're looking at a company and it's, and it's an excellent company. And the stock, and I'm just making this up now. I'm spitballing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say the stock is $10 a share. But if you look at the company's book value, it's intrinsic value. Let's say it's worth $12 a share. So now you've got a $2 margin of safety. And so the intrinsic value now uh, is um, is there for you? This is this. If, if Buffett then likes the company, likes the industry, he would go ahead, you know, and 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 buy it because the value is there. It's not going to decline all that significantly. So Buffett always wants to pay less for a company than its intrinsic value, um, be, because that if you overpay. And this is the other part of this, even if the company is excellent, uh, but you're overpaid, so you're, you're going to uh, pay too much uh, for the company's uh, value. And then you're, th- there may not be enough value for you to stay invested for, for the long term. So this gets into you know, some of his buying and selling uh, um, activity. And um, Buffett will never buy junk. Um, he's uh, he, he. There could be a business, and it could be uh, a good business, uh, but it may be struggling. It has to reinvent itself. Uh, but um, but he's not going to buy it. Another quote that Buffett is famous for uh, is, and I'm doing this by memory, so it's something like the like uh, it, it's better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful
2: price (laughs) that makes sense that really does uh one more from buffett on, on his regrets the biggest mistakes i've made by far are mistakes of omission and not commission it's the things i knew enough to do they were within my circle of competence and i was sucking my thumb and that is really those are the ones that hurt those are the big big mistakes yeah, and I, you know, as much as he's won, I'm sure he's beat himself up a lot too. Well,
0: last on last week's uh, podcast, we, we talked about uh, Buffett's circle of competence, and, and how and how you should stay within your circle uh, of, of competence. And I gave the example uh, of the cruise, if you recall, where where the uh, doctor and the ship's doctor and nurse yeah. become incapacitated. And the dermatologist now is practicing
2: I do remember
0: out that. of his specialty,
2: if you recall. Is there Star- a doctor a- in the house? Well, yes, but I'm a dermatologist. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> well, I could have said something. Else,
2: uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I remember my sarcastic comment was, well, I can't save your life, but I will warn you, I'm, I'm detecting a bad case of eczema. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean the the other thing about uh, Warren Buffett that is really important is that if, if he if um, if the scenario changes, and we've talked a lot about <clears throat> the scenario planning uh, over the years, where we we talk about where we're doing realistic, not hypothetical, but realistic scenarios, and we see how much risk there is in your portfolio positions, the up and 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 the down, and the, these can be. These could be measured. So uh, if, if Buffett doing the same thing, um, if the risk equation uh, changes, he, he may decide to sell. And he is willing to sell at a loss. And that is something that people aren't willing to do. And, and we've talked about this a lot. And I've used um, an example that I use all the time, which is you buy something at $10, it's now 5 and I'll say, well, you should sell it. And you say, no, I don't want to sell it. It's going to come back. And on the other hand, if you didn't own it, and I said to you, this is a good company. It's selling at five dollars a share, and it can, and it's got a lot of potential to rise. You'll say, well, why would I buy that dog? Well, that's that's the same idea, but not for Buffett. But if if Buffett uh, looks at the scenarios and he's using very realistic scenarios, he's, and it goes down, he's going to sell. He'll take the loss. That's. That, that that he's not afraid of it, whereas the investor will, will hold on to a lot more risk uh, and don't even look at the risk because they they don't want to recognize the loss. And that's, uh, you know, if you're going to invest like Buffett, you have to be willing to follow his rules. And, and, uh, and I, lo- I was looking at my terminal before we um, started the podcast, and I wanted to see uh, over the um, nine months so far this year, what what style of investing has been the most successful? And once again, it's growth, growth, growth out, uh, ha, has outperformed any other any other style. And and that, that goes back to what I said. And that's not that's not Buffett. Buffett is a value investor, and value investing is okay, but but it hasn't done well. Uh, th- this year, but the market's a little screwy uh, because equities are not performing the way they are supposed to perform. So I don't know. Do we have anything more on Buffett that we want to do?
2: Um, is that no, that actually is all the, the quotes we have. I mean, probably we could have compiled um, 100, <laughs> you know, <laughs> gathered 100. And he he's, seems to be pretty free with sharing his secrets. It's not like he's giving up the secret recipe or anything.
0: Well, he's, yeah, he's, you know, it, it goes back to that old, that old sore, that the difference between successful and unsuccessful people is that successful people are willing to do the things that unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's Buffett. It's also his uh, partner, uh, Charlie Munger. Oh, yeah. And um, some months ago, Charlie Munger was, was interviewed by a very young uh, newbie uh, reporter at CNBC. And uh, the reporter asked Munger, um, "Do you have any tips uh, for our audience?" And he said, "Yeah, buy Costco." Hmm. What? And uh, she said, "No, you you mean Walmart?" He said, "No, I mean exactly what I said. I just told you buy, buy Costco." He was absolutely right.
2: Wow, buy Costco. Yeah.
0: And the the reporter would look kind of non. I know
2: I can't I even get she... into the parking lot of the one I'm near. Is that <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about? Like the store?
0: Yeah, Costco. Yeah, that's yeah. what I
2: thought. Yeah, I can't even yeah. get in the parking lot.
0: Well, it, it, it can be a challenge. I mean, they're, they're always packed, whether it's gas, or whether it's the gasoline, or whether it's uh, the store. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is um, when uh, when I go through the Meadowlands, you know, during the pandemic, they created their own shipping company, and uh, they it's called Costco Shipping, mm-hmm. and uh, they their their office their headquarters uh, apparently. Is, is in the New Jersey Meadowlands, not, not far from the stadium where the uh, misnamed New York Giants and New York Jets uh, play. They're, they're New Jersey teams with New York names. Uh, right, is isn't that
2: true? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, but they have, there's a whole building there and it's all, you know, big sign uh, Costco shipping. Huh. And, and so now they're in the shipping business wow. and, and they weren't hurt uh, as much in the pandemic as other companies mm-hmm. that uh, weren't able to uh, create these uh, shipping entities or, or bunch their shipping together to get, uh, you know,
2: priority. on. Yeah, on if you the can control shipping, you're in a better yeah. position. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff from Warren Buffett. We'll probably have more in an upcoming podcast from the Oracle of Omaha. He gets quoted a lot on uh, financial shows and podcasts like this well we're going to take a quick break um and you'll learn about more a little bit more about fred and how to reach out to fred but coming up uh, we have some hypothetical case studies i bet some of these uh scenarios will run down could hit close to home for you nightmare retirement consultation yeah no pain no gain right no risk no reward right we're going all risk see we're gonna put everything you got in the market you're gonna love it don't walk run from that office and go to your future retirement partner with your best interest in mind with a retirement plan that includes income protection proper distribution of your assets so you can sleep well at night Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. That's how you reach out with Fred Sade. And another way is to visit the website, moneymattersusa.net. There's a lot there. And one thing uh, to note, please don't go to that website and not click on the red light on the dashboard That's at MoneyMattersUSA.net. There's a lot of good information there, and that could be the starting process for for reaching out to Fred. Learn about the Red Light Program. Uh, That's something Fred will go over when you meet with him, whether it's in person, if you're near him, or virtually if you're listening to the podcast from far away. So for Fred, uh, 800-593-8188 or MoneyMattersUSA.net. Well, Fred, we've got some case studies here.
0: Okay. Uh, this well, ought to be good.
2: To yeah, these are hypothetical. So we've got these are fictitious characters. We're not using real people. But we've come up with some things that seem to be you know, pretty re- reflective of just regular people uh, working hard, trying to get to retirement. Let's start with Mr. X here. Um, Mr. <laughs> very <laughs> and, famous <writer>. guy. <laughs> yeah, very famous guy. Suppose we have a guy, someone calls you and says, wait a minute, you said they were fictitious. I'm Mr. X. I don't t- doubt that'll happen, but uh, but now yeah. Mr. and Mrs. X have saved uh, $1.2 million, so pretty good job there. Uh, he's 67. Mm-hmm. He's looking to retire at 70. His salary is $100,000, uh, so even more impressive on what he and his wife have saved. His contribution rate's 10%. Uh, Social security not yet claimed so he was waiting to 70 on that as well. low risk tolerance not working with a financial professional so Fred um, any any red flags you're seeing here with mr. X
0: uh, yeah I mean this is kind of this is kind of typical with a lot of people who who don't want to work with a financial professional and then as they uh, get closer uh, to retire now he's he's really in the red zone here and mm-hmm. he should be working. Uh, with a retirement um, specialist, uh, somebody who is not really focused uh, on accumulation, someone who's focused on deaccumulation, uh, generating income, uh, and uh, looking at, uh, at, at taxes. Now, um, assuming that um, the, the bulk of this or all this money is in a tax deferred retirement plan. That, that immediately is a is a red flag, because when you make a contribution to a retirement plan, uh, of let's say a 401k, for example, uh, that is not a deduction in the true sense of the term. In other words, when when you you know deduct uh, mortgage interest, when when you um, Deduct medical expenses, for example. Those are true. Reduct. Those true. Those those will actually reduce your income. Uh, but when you take a deduction for a contribution, it's not really it's not really a deduction in a classic sense because that's a one and done when you deduct your you know your mortgage interest that's one and done it, 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 this is really coming off your income this is not the same this is this is an exclusion from income and all it means is that you just took a loan from Uncle Sam and eventually at some point in the future at some time uncle sam's going to call the note and you're going to pay it back at an undetermined uh, tax rate so, question: Do you think taxes are going to be lower in the future than they are now, or do you think they're going to be the same, or do you think they're going to be higher? That's a question that you have to answer. I, I think I think anybody that's within the sound of listening to our, our podcast who pays U.S. taxes, I think it's a pretty good bet <laughs> that taxes are very low now. They're lower <clears throat> than they were, ever were. Lower even than in the melon period uh, under Coolidge which was the big tax reform mm-hmm. but uh, now they're even lower than that these are the lowest taxes and in and in some of the brackets uh, the the 20, 22 24 brackets are very 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 wide so I mean these these are major issues so that's one that's one flag second of all um, it's a good idea for—with for this kind of money, it's a very good idea to defer Social Security out as long as possible at age 70.
2: It looks like and Mr. X is.
0: Yes. That, that that is a positive because, the, generally speaking, the, 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 the uh, advice to somebody like that <clears throat> is to let your investments cook uh, and, and take Social Security early. That's, that is not good advice. Uh, it's better to uh, it's better to defer uh, he needs tax diversification uh, where he's where he has money uh, that's going to be taxed now, some money taxed later and some money that's never going to be taxed. Uh, it doesn't appear that he has any sources of guaranteed income. Uh, we We certainly when we look at people, if they've got less than at least 70 percent of their money in some form of guarantee, uh, you know, that's that's a that's a concern. We have no idea if that would be acceptable uh, to to X. But the point is, we have no idea what he wants, to, what he wants his money to do for him. That's an that's the imperative. What do you want your money to do for you? How do you want to control your money? And you want it to do what you want it to do. What is that? That's that's a question that absolutely. Uh, has to has to be answered so uh, the other thing is we don't know what their budget is going to be so what we're looking at right now is the probability of taxes will be higher for him in retirement than pre-retirement these rules of thumb don't mean anything because you you've got to be specific for the for the individual uh, and we and, and because we're looking at a Situation where everything is going to be taxed. Uh, this is this is going to be a, a really challenging uh, environment, and um, the only form of guaranteed income is Social Security, which is going to be taxable. So this is somebody who would uh, who would benefit uh, from working with with a professional mm-hmm. who specializes. You know, on the deaccumulation income side and 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 uh, comprehensive tax planning, uh, all of which are are going to be necessary. And diversification, tax diversification, asset diversification, making sure the right assets are being held uh, based on the tax treatment. The other thing is, we have no idea here if there's any legacy uh, needs. Or is there any charitable uh, intent here? So, I mean, there's there's a lot that needs to be. Uh, addressed. And uh, assuming that uh, taxes go up, and that includes estate taxes uh, reverting back to the uh, Bush Obama level uh, adjusted for inflation, uh, you know, the, and uh, that's a problem because um, we don't know, we, we just don't know where this is going. And even if there's no estate tax, there will be uh, income in respect of a decedent. Uh, tax because of all these qualified assets. So uh, this, this, is, this is a case that uh, you know, that, that, a, that a capable advisor uh, could, could provide uh, real value uh, to this person, and, and that, that would be worth uh, a considerable amount in terms of the um, longevity of the, of the assets. Uh, also, the, uh, lastly, there's, there's no longev- longevity issues here, so we don't know how long the money has to last.
2: Yeah, we don't do it. I, one thing I, I left out was he uh in this fictitious Mr. X estimated his lifespan at 20 at 67 he could be coming in short on that. In 20 correct. years. Yeah. This
0: could this could you know this could be um this could be the age 95 96 97 uh, mm-hmm. that's all very much within the realm, you know, of probability. Um, talking to I was talking to somebody who's um, onboarding as a new client and he's telling me he has got all these health issues but they're all related to aging you know arthritis bursitis uh trick knee that sort of thing Mm -hmm. none of that has anything to do with longevity i mean cardio his cardio uh you know is 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 excellent so you know saying that uh you know, I'll, I'm going to lift to 83. I mean, it's meaningless. That's dangerous. Uh, you, well, I asked him, "Did God tell you?" No.
2: Uh, <laughs> right. I, you know. And you're better, uh, and you should. I mean, why would you estimate that if you're going to estimate, overestimate, in other words? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he very. You know, people could.
0: People just don't want to admit that. Um, you know that, uh, that that they can live far far longer than than what their estimate uh, is, and when you put them through the uh, well, I use the Society of Actuaries calculator. Uh, they always they're always amazed that you know ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven is is possible. Some uh, some of them will get out to age one hundred or or even beyond. I mean, the the first person to to, to crack one hundred to one ten has already been born.
2: Oh I mean, my goodness, they, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, one it, it, even. The way,
2: I heard something higher, possibly well, already born to make it to 150.
0: That I hadn't heard, but you know what, the life insurance companies are already pricing out to age 130. So, the actual Maybe it was 130. That.
2: Could have been. You know,
0: 10 years yeah. ago they could not. Now they can. So, uh, you know, this is this is this is important because just assuming you know that uh, you're going to live the same longevity as your parents, aunts, uncles, and so on. None of that. None of that makes any sense. Now, there's one proviso here, and that is that you don't use tobacco products
2: in in any form. Yeah, that's that's the one that can get you. Well, it's not the only one, but it certainly no, can. But that's
0: a major major consideration. That 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 is going to knock. Um, anywhere from three to five years, uh, even seven off, off your life. And, and when insurance companies price for, you know, cigarette smoking or using, um, you know, chewing tobacco or anything of that, you know, kind, other than the celebratory use of an occasional cigar, it's not a big deal. Pipes are dangerous, too, because of
2: throat Well, tears. yeah, mouth cancer and throat, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, was ju- I just did a quick search here, and I'm not a regular reader of the Harvard Gazette, But there is an article on that asking the question, has the first person to live to be 150 been born? I'll scan that. But we've got our next case study here. Uh, This is Dr. Y, uh, our hypothetical case study. Uh, You noticed a pattern here. We just had X. Now, Dr. Y, a physician who's worked hard to build her career over time. Divorced for nine years. Three children ranging from 18 to 32. Total save for retirement seven hundred thousand. She's sixty-one and desired retirement age sixty-five. Her annual salary is two forty-nine, contribution rate five years. She's estimated her retirement life at twenty-five years. Not she can't claim Social Security yet. Risk tolerance low to medium, also not working with a financial professional. What red flags are you spotting here, Fred? Or opportunities for that matter?
0: Okay. Uh, well her contribution level is uh, is too low at, yeah. at 5%. Um, she's probably underestimating her uh, longevity at, at 25 years. Uh, a lot of planners automatically set their longevity uh, estimation at age 90, and that's what this would amount uh, to if she retired at, at 65. Uh, at, at age 61... Uh, she's got she's got close to a 40 year uh, expected close to age 100. I mean, if this were my client, I mean, I, I would want to get that up to 97, mm-hmm. at least 96, 90, 97. And um, uh, the, the other thing is that we don't know how she's spending her money. So uh, we would want to see budget. We want to see what the cash flow was we'd have then have to look at the seven hundred thousand and how much of that. And we know that Social Security will be uh, predictable, but we don't and guaranteed But we don't know about the other, the other income. So we don't we don't know how much income she needs. Uh, what her thinking is, we don't know what she wants to do in retirement. Um, we don't know if she's going to retire once she retires. We don't know if that means that she's not going to do anything. Uh, or whether or not uh, she is going to do something that uh, might be part-time, you know, work uh, out of a hospital uh, or, you know, fill in a doctor on call type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe she has some hobby or other avocation that she wants to pursue. We don't know if she's going to stop work called. Um, she still has a, a child that looks like they are college age, if that's the intent, or or some kind of uh, uh, occupational training. So uh, we don't know what that situation is, and we don't know if the 32-year-old is uh, self-sufficient married or or what their uh, story is. So um, uh, the once we would know what her how she is spending her money and what her spending goals are, you know, then then we can get into a conversation yeah. about, uh, you know, risk and managing risk and, uh, and, and what she wants, what she wants her money to do for her and how much control. Uh, she wants over her money. We assume that, uh, like most people, she wants to be able to control her money. What's her spending pattern, and, and how do we have to uh, address that? Is her spending going to be level? Is it I mean, there's there's no one pattern anymore. That that's what the latest research has shown us some people spend more at the beginning of retirement. Some people spend more at the end of retirement. Some people underspend because they, their fear of running out of money uh, is, is the most controlling aspect of their retirement. So, you know, it's, it's hard to know what the, uh, what the answer would be. We would, we would need to, we would need to know uh, what, uh, what she wants to do what uh, for, uh, with her money and what it is that she wants, what, she wants to control what she wants to accomplish, uh, so I, there's no way to to know that. Again, uh, this is this is where uh, planning has to come into it, mm-hmm. and you have to see how much risk is is in. I mean, there isn't enough focus on risk. I mean, over and over again. And I just saw this today in a morning star. Um, report uh, again. This is the uh, equating volatility and risk as, as as though they are the same. They are not the same. The volatility means one thing, and risk means something else. And so, the market is always volatile. It's in, it's very volatile right now, but uh, it's always volatile. Uh, r- risk is is a, is a different uh, uh, kettle of fish, and uh, it, and there's a lot of risk uh, in this market separate from, uh, vol- separate from volatility. Uh, and, um, which is, which is why, um, you know, a lot of people are sitting there, you know, in, in treasuries and, um, that, that's a good place for some people to be. It's not, it's not, a, it's, you know, it's not necessarily the place where everybody, you know, ought to be, ought to be at, at, at all times. So, I mean that's a conversation in how you manage the the process of deaccumulation and uh, guaranteeing income. So you know that yeah. and, and and even though you have to have some money invested, it, it has to you have to have some guardrails on on how you're going to. Uh, how you're going to do that and and you know I don't see where there's any emergency fund here, and that that would be an important conversation uh to have uh you know with her so yeah. if she were ill as a former doctor, she'd probably get comped you know on the medical care, but not necessarily on the hospital care
2: right exactly. All right, so let's get a quick rundown on Mr. Z, Construction Landscape Manager, focused on saving for retirement now more than ever after putting his kids through college and getting divorced. He does realize that he has set his retirement savings back over the years. He understands he may need to work a few extra years to retire comfortably, uh, but he has saved in total 200000 He's 56 uh, looking, would like to retire at 67, annual salary 79 a year, uh, contribution rate 10 percent, Social Security is not even eligible, risk tolerance, low risk, and working with a financial professional, no. And actually, he's in that financial red zone, technically. Right. So, yeah. yeah, what do you see there, Fred?
0: Well, we need, we need to talk to him about, uh, about his saving pattern. Uh, we need to talk to him about working longer, working as long as he can. Uh, retiring at 67 wouldn't necessarily be uh, his best bet. Uh, 200000 is, is not as, um, well, I, it depends where you live. I mean, some parts yeah. of the country could make that work. Um, you know, other parts of the country. You, I mean, if you, if you lived in Los Angeles or San Francisco, oh, it'd be it's tough. not going to work. Yeah, no. Um, so that, that's, that's, a, that's an issue. Um, and, and then um, uh, we would really want to get into, uh, you know, a, a serious conversation about income. And about how he's going to be able to generate that uh, income, because I don't I don't see with two hundred thousand that that he can, um, you know, really retire, because uh, because he's going to be heavily dependent on Social Security. and It's not going to be enough. Uh, so he may need to uh, work, at, and if he can't, if it can't be at what he's doing now, it might have to be uh, something something else. Uh, even if he takes a retirement, but he. Uh, and I see a lot of a lot of uh, seniors you know uh, work, working, you know as as greeters or as uh, you know quote unquote, security in a movie theater. I mean, all, all they're doing is showing you which theater the movie is playing, you know, it's twelve theaters, and you don't know which which one it is. and uh, you know, picking up uh, candy wrappers from the floor, you know out there.
2: So, Seinfeld has uh, a joke about that. He said, uh, your whole life is starts and ends at the movie theater. When you're young, you take the tickets up. Uh, I mean, sell the tickets, and then when you uh, are older, you collect the tickets. <laughs> so yes. he said in your yes. whole life, you only took a few steps back. <laughs> no, that's true. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of. It is a circle, a though, in your working life. It's a circle. Yeah, can be for I, many.
0: Uh, well, we were at the movie a few weeks ago and saw Oppenheimer. And um the security guard, quote unquote, is a guy I, I know. He was uh, in the health insurance business and hmm. I know him from uh one of our professional organizations from NAFA and uh with the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. And and uh, so yeah, he said hello and um uh, yeah, so he Yeah. Well, but that's what he was doing, you know, showing, showing, <laughs> told us which, which you know, <laughs> we, it was in. You know, oh, gosh. And, uh, sent a lot of kids, and uh-huh. I saw him on the way out, waved to him, and, uh, you know, uh, look, uh, you know, it's picking up some extra. You well, know you know what?
2: I, I cannot imagine ever not working. Uh, I mean, what I do now, maybe one day I'd like to do it just part-time because I love it. I don't, I yeah. don't want to stop doing well, it. you got the voice for radio. Well, well, thank you. I have the face for radio also. <laughs> right. but mr z oh, I, uh, no, I know I did. I did mr z is um, one thing's got he's got going he's got time on his side still so uh that would be another person being yeah. really in the financial red zone who could benefit from seeing you fred well there we go um good stuff there three three case studies uh fictitious maybe but very realistic seeming. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who they go, well, that's pretty close to me. And if that is the case, call Fred. 800 593 8188. 800 593 8188. You know, we've got all this wherever you landed for this podcast. The information's there. Link to his website it's moneymattersusa.net. Be sure to click that red light uh, tab too. Uh, The Red Light Program. Fred, it's been fun as always and educational. We'll do it again next week. Yes, we will. These drop every Friday. Thanks for being with us and part of the Money Matters USA family.